The fall. We believe that all men are created equal. The magnificent mosaic that is America. A radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. It's now down to a two-person race between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. The former president looking to close out the primary quickly with a decisive victory in New Hampshire. We started off with 13 and now we're down to two people. And I think one person will be gone probably tomorrow. Oh. Fresh off Trump's landslide win in Iowa, his former rival lining up behind him one by one. <laughs> we need Donald Trump. America needs Donald Trump. If you want to make America great again, vote Trump. If you want four more years of Donald Trump, let me hear you scream. Haley has campaigned here far more than Trump, holding 81 events. The former president, just 17 but she's still trailing him by double digits. In the final hours, blitzing through the state, looking to pull off a major upset. Please, please, we love you so much. My friends, we're all voting for you, no, we got not. you. Don't worry, don't worry about the rest of them. We, we're going on to South Carolina. Haley insisting she's the last hope of stopping a Biden-Trump rematch. Do you want more of the same? No. Or do you want to go forward? Hoping to win over independent voters like Deborah Barubi and Concord. It's probably going to be Nikki. Why, Nikki? Because I think it's time for a big change. The former South Carolina governor ramping up her attacks, telling voters Trump and President Biden are just too old for the job. Old. Are we really going to say that we're okay with having our options be two 80-year-olds that run for president? Trump telling his supporters <laughs> Haley it. wouldn't stand a chance in November. So if you want a losing candidate who puts America last, vote for Nikki Haley. But if you want a president who puts America first every single time, you're going to vote for Donald J. Trump, and you have to get out of here. Randy? What? Randy, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so <laughs> this is crazy. This is just uh, mass madness. This is uh, insane. So we had 13 candidates. We're down to two. I can't believe how many people dropped out before New Hampshire. So what did they get in exchange? See, we have to just wait and see. That's the crazy part, right? And now uh, we're having, uh, you know, New Hampshire where Biden is not. This is, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, just wake me up when the primaries are over so we could start a general election is basically my uh, sentiment here. But okay, so... Um, Biden is not on a ballot anywhere in New Hampshire today. No, he's not. You have to write him in. Why would that be? Why, everybody? Why? Well, uh, apparently, when Biden and the Democratic Party decided that the two whitest states in the nation, the Iowa and the New Hampshire, nothing against either of them, except I'm pissed at Iowa. Okay. But the Iowa and the New Hampshire, uh, you know, I would live in New Hampshire in a heartbeat. Everybody that knows me knows that. I, I would. I would if I could just figure out where I want to be. Uh, that's what I would do. But, okay, that they would rather have a more demographically um, diverse population start the primaries for the Democrats. 
begin and have the first in the nation primary uh, with regard to the Democrats. And so we decided as a party, I don't know why I'm saying we, I'm not even part of the party, but the Democrats decided that they would put South Carolina first in the nation for the Democratic primary. Well, this so peeved New Hampshire, who apparently in their law has it such that they are uh, allowed to be or entitled to be or they're deeded to be, I don't know how you would phrase this, but in New Hampshire's laws, could be in their constitution, somebody in New Hampshire will have to tell me, uh, true that I'd never read the New Hampshire Constitution. <laughs> Sorry. It's a, it's a flaw of mine. It's a flaw. But New Hampshire was so upset that it was not the first primary in the nation for the Democrats that it actually left Biden's name off of the Democratic primary ballot. Well, the only person running in the de- well, I shouldn't say that because you have uh, you know what's his name the 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 guy who looks like uh, David Duchovny. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, he's running. <laughs> I don't know. It's like if you feel like voting for David Duchovny lookalike. I mean, he's your guy. He is, and uh, you know, is he sane? Yeah, he seems sane. He really does. But uh, you know, kind of uh, nervous about him going to no labels and forming some sort of a ticket. Yeah, there, there's that. But anyway, so if you if you wanted to vote for Biden, you have to write his name in in New Hampshire. Now, why is that a thing? Why is that important? It's important because we found out yesterday that there are robocalls, as usual. The Republicans have to cheat. They just they they never feel, you know, sated or satisfied or happy or like they've actually run a race unless they cheat in some manner, unless they suppress the vote in some uh, you know per. So they have these robocalls, which of course is uh, you know one of their greatest hits. The, and uh, this one was apparently generated with AI. Okay, yeah, artificial intelligence. Ooh, it's so 21st century, everybody. So instead of going out and finding a voice actor and paying, you know, after or SAG wages, instead of going out and finding an actor that sounds exactly like Joe Biden, apparently a voice sample uh, was taken of Joe Biden's voice. And now through the, the magic of artificial intelligence, you can create an entire robocall that sounds like Joe Biden. And of course, it will tell you not to vote on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like uh, like I said, greatest hits is, is what it is. So, you know, um, this, is, this is all designed to keep people from voting and going and knowing that they need to write in Joe Biden's name if they are voting in the Democratic primary. However... That is as exciting to me news as Yemen. Let's talk Yemen, everybody. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Thought you'd never get there. Does anybody even know who like yeah, who the Houthis are, 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 are fighting? Do they even know like who they're up against? Yeah, let's talk Yemen, everybody. No. So, okay, so um, listen, today is the New Hampshire primary, and Donald Trump showed up in Londonderry, uh, New Hampshire. Okay, Londonderry. 
You know what was interesting about him showing up in Londonderry? He claimed that nobody knew he was going to show up in Londonderry. He claimed that this was a surprise visit to Londonderry. But when I looked at his surprise visit in Londonderry, you know what I saw? Know what I did? Know what I saw? I saw every single solitary news network in Londonderry with camera equipment, with microphones, with boom mics, with reporters, with photographers. I saw CNN. I saw MSNBC. I saw local. I saw uh, New York Times. I saw Washington Post. I saw every single news outlet. And he's claiming, oh, look at this crowd. And nobody even knew I was coming. Nobody even knew. And, uh, you know, he's, he's saying, uh, hey, listen, Nikki is hurting herself. She ought to get out of the race because in South Carolina, I'm going to beat her by 60 points. Now, I looked at South Carolina's polling. He is ahead by 30 points, okay? He is in this uh, particular thing, too. He's ahead by a lot, by a whole stinking lot. There's no question about it. The thing about New Hampshire is independents and unaffiliateds can vote in the Republican primary. Now, they're saying that Nikki Haley could pull a surprise upset today because of that fact. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at people who look at, uh, you know, the history of New Hampshire and the history of the independents and how they can flip over. And the last thing that I saw that looked remotely possible, remotely possible, was Bush McCain. Okay, and in Bush McCain, the two Republicans, obviously McCain and Bush, were almost neck and neck in the Republican voters for with Republican voters. It was like 50, 51, something like that from McCain and, and Bush. it was like and then McCain swept in as an indep- and the independents loved him. Okay, and he won the independent vote by 42 percent. So that's kind of what Nikki Haley would have to do. Except that when you look at the Republican voters in New Hampshire, it's not evenly split. It's like Donald Trump is like, you know, a thousand points ahead of Nikki Haley. It's like 66 to 24. Do you know what I'm saying? So and her her, uh, you know, uh, her independent vote is going to be, you know, pretty good, I think. But it's not going to be enough to overcome the gap between the Republicans and the Republicans. Yeah. All in connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. Just a day before the New Hampshire primary, the New Hampshire Attorney General's office announced that it is investigating what it says appears to be an unlawful attempt at voter suppression. Yesterday, several New Hampshire residents got a robocall purporting to be from President Biden. It wasn't. The White House has confirmed that the call was a fake. But if you had received it, would you be able to tell? What a bunch of malarkey. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. (laughs) We'll need your help in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. What? Malarkey sounds a lot like Joe Biden. Take it from me. And that was right at the beginning of that call. Now, we have no idea who's behind these fake robocalls, although there is their likely intention misleading voters and hurting President Biden seems pretty clear. We do not yet know for sure how this artificial version of President Biden's voice was made. Although disinformation experts tell NBC News that it was almost certainly created with some form of artificial intelligence. I mean, 
So, so what they were doing is telling people don't show up on Tuesday, you have to save your vote for the general election as if you only get one vote and as if the New Hampshire residents who are extremely political and take this very seriously, politics is a way of life, okay, especially this time of year, every four years, right? And uh, some, some, and, and the, the crazy part is that the phone number that this was disseminated from is a former Democratic chair, former DNC chair in the state of New Hampshire. So uh, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you got a phone call like that and you want to, uh, you know, uh, join the complaint, you can do that. You just go to uh, the New Hampshire Department of Justice's website and then you'll see like a drop down menu when you want to go to the election section and make a complaint there. I mean, it, this is just so unbelievable. So what 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 we have is no laws that uh, you know uh, apply to AI and no laws that apply to uh, you know interfering in elections this way. So the Attorney General of New Hampshire is uh, looking into it and is going to try and figure out who was responsible for this uh, you know attempt at voter suppression. Uh, I'll take a wild guess. Mm, the Republicans. Okay then. <laughs> I mean, Ronna McDaniel is about to uh, be indicted, too. I mean, they're all so disgusting. Eastman, all of these people, Chesborough, uh, the, the whole group, uh, you know, uh, Rudy. Do you, do, you, do you, Roger Stone, do you put any of this above any of them doing it? I don't. I don't. I really, uh, honest to God, don't. But, okay, so Biden has to be written in if you're uh, going to vote for the Democratic, uh, ba- on the Democratic ballot in New Hampshire today. Now, here's another conundrum, all right? So uh, Nikki Haley, you know, I mean, she, she has this uh, fantasy that she somehow mysteriously is going to beat Trump in New Hampshire and continue on to her, you know, uh, uh, presidential nomination. And it's, you know, but, but everybody's talking about like South Carolina. Even I was talking about South Carolina until I saw Donald Trump, believe it or not, in Londonderry. And they stuck a camera in his face and, uh, you know, he was making these wild claims. I, I, I tell you, you know, like I looked at South Carolina, I looked at the latest poll in South Carolina, and obviously, you know, they are in the tank for Donald Trump. And when Tim Scott, you know, endorsed Tim Scott, the, I mean, this is so amazing. Tim Scott was appointed to the United States Senate by then Governor Nikki Haley, and he endorses Donald Trump <laughs> in Nikki Haley's home state of South Carolina. It's bizarre. Okay, so what did he get for it? I don't know. But I looked at the polling and uh, he's uh, Donald Trump is 30 points ahead of Nikki Haley in South Carolina. And didn't we all think that the next contest was in South Carolina? Well, it's not. It's in Nevada. And I didn't understand that until I was, uh, you know, I saw Donald Trump on the TV saying that the next uh, contest is in Nevada, big state, a lot of delegates. And, you know, this is this is the race to get what I think it's twelve hundred and fifteen delegates to be the nominee of the Republican Party. So this is all collecting delegates again. And Nevada is so freaky weird. OK, I had a, I have a couple of people that listen to us in Nevada. Yeah, just two. And. <laughs> And they sent me their ballots that they got in the mail. And I'm looking at the ballot. Guess what? No one you would care about is on that ballot. Like, what is going on there? So I started to uh, ask them questions. And they started to answer me. But I think everybody's a little disoriented about exactly what's going on in Nevada. So Nevada, you have a caucus and a primary. What? Yeah. 
You have both. Why? Because you changed your law apparently in 2021 and you made a primary mandatory, but you used to be a caucus state, right? And so the people who are on the primary ballot can only be on the primary ballot. They can't be also on the caucus. They can't be on the menu, let's say, for the caucuses. So Donald Trump is not on the primary ballot. Donald Trump is running in the caucuses with like some preacher, and that's it. And so when I heard Donald Trump talk about the next contest was Nevada, and he's got 100% of the vote, which is what he said on, on national television a few minutes ago, I was like, what is he talking about? Turns out he will probably get 100% of the vote. I mean, we're turning into Russia right in front of your face. Why will he get 100% of the vote? Well, it turns out that the caucus is the only method to get delegates assigned to your win column. The primary, even if you won it, like Nikki Haley, if she's still going to run, you know, after today, she will be running in Nevada, but she will be running in the primary. The primary doesn't award any delegates, even if you win. Hello? Only the caucus will award the delegates. And the only two people in the caucus in Nevada is Donald Trump and some, uh, you know, some preacher. And so he's on the TV claiming he's going to get 100% of the vote like every dictator wants to claim. And uh, in this weird case, he might be right. He might be right. Can you believe this? I mean, what a mess we've made. It was already a mess. It was already disgusting. We already have an electoral college. We already have the Republicans choosing the manner in which they nominate a candidate in each and every state. And the only state that had the ability to keep Trump from even being on a primary ballot was Colorado because Colorado has an actual law that says that if you participated in insurrection or, you know, uh, gave aid and comfort to insurrectionists, which he obviously did, go home, we love you, and sat on his bunda and did nothing for the whole, what, two hours that the Capitol was under attack in Colorado's, uh, you know, law that precludes you from being on the ballot. Whether you want to see that happen or not, that's why Colorado is in a unique situation where other states are not. And now everybody's waiting for the Supreme Court to weigh in on whether or not you should keep him off the ballot because he's an insurrectionist or because he gave aid and comfort to insurrectionists or whether or not uh, the president of the United States is an officer. This whole And now add in AI, okay? Add in the whole idea that we don't have any laws about artificial intelligence impersonating you. <laughs> Things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. New Hampshire is being characterized as a last ditch effort to topple Donald Trump. Think of how, how no, think of how ridiculous that is. First of all, you had only 56,000 votes in Iowa for him out of 3 million people in the state. He got less than 1.5% of the state of Iowa. And then you're going to say it's going to stop with New Hampshire? This is not a coronation. This is an election. 
You have Iowa, you have New Hampshire, you have South Carolina, you have Super Tuesday. You can't just have one or two states decide this. You've got to allow a lot of the country to decide this. So I mean, she's right. It's not a coronation, and you shouldn't have Iowa and New Hampshire decide who's going to be the Republican nominee. And so today, I guess we're going to find out if Nikki Haley can stop Trump, and it's unlikely, uh, you know, that she can and does. Uh, but if she should, then we have to ask ourselves the question, who the hell wants Nikki Haley? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and you find yourself rooting for her only because he's such a, a, a I mean, he, she's way better than Trump. But then so is a, you know, a bucket of rotting fish, a, a, a steaming pile of trash on fire. You know, anything is better than Donald Trump. You know, a striper concert is better than Donald Trump. Did I just say striper? <laughs> Striper Christian Rock. Why is Striper on my mind? Oh, because uh, for my birthday, I have selected my birthday concert, and I will be going to see Kansas. Yes, Kansas from the 1970s. That Kansas from 73 on. That is, uh, you know, where I'm going to be spending my birthday. <laughs> so, you know, some people say that it was uh, Christian Rock masquerading as non-Christian Rock, and that when you say that Kansas was sort of kind of Christian Rock, then it takes the, uh, the fun out of the Kansas concert, out of the Kansas concert, and I disagree. I do. Uh, you know, when I sing, uh, you know, that song, Portrait He Knew, he knew more than me and you. Nobody could see it through. Oh, where was he going to? But he tried, but before he could left us, the, 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 he tried, but before he could tell us he died, when he left us, the people cried. Oh, where was he going to? I mean, if that's not Jesus, I don't know who is. I, I don't know what, it's a striper, you know, it's a Christian. Anyway, this is, and also, uh, you know whose birthday it is today? I bet you don't. It's Marcy's birthday. Who the hell is Marcy? Marcy, I just have to tell you, I don't know Marcy either. Marcy, I don't know who you are. I, I sort of kind of wish I did. Marcy, I know, works at Westside Chiropractic in Berkeley, California. Okay? How do I know that? Because Marcy has a bunch of women who love her so much that they got to me and made me not only promise that today, January 23rd, I would wish Marcy a happy 60th birthday, happy 60th Marcy, uh, a person I don't know, but that I would send her something. And I did. And I'm telling you right now, I have like a tracking on this package. They picked it up today. I know it's going to be belated, Marcy, <laughs> but they picked up your package from me today and I sent it to you. So you will have a, a birthday present from me because you have a lot of girls that freaking love you. A lot of girls. And so because I don't know you, I just wanted to say, if you want to come to Kansas with me, if you'd like to celebrate my birthday with me on Sunday, <laughs> that's where I'll be. <laughs> hey, let's talk Yemen. <laughs> All right. Uh, Monty, uh, who came across on the screen as an asshole MAGA. Okay. <laughs> Monty. Yeah, how you doing? All right. Why would you describe someone like that? Who? That was you, actually you just did. You that, said that was my oh, because, came across as an asshole MAGA. Why would you say something like that? Because Brett has been, uh, you know, screaming at you, and you've been, uh, you know, telling him that he's a gatekeeper and insulting him. Well, let me. You want to know what happened, or you want to just cover over it? 
I, do you really think that there's any chance, like a hair's chance, that I would take your side over Brett's, who does no this every single day you, you, and, comports, and comports himself as the utmost professional and has worked with me for six years? For six years, he's worked for me. And somehow you're going to be right in this? I, that's what makes you an asshole. Just even thinking. Oh, that. really? So let me ask you a question. Sure. Because someone says something, just says something, <laughs> does that make them right? No, it's, I've worked with him for six years, and he is the utmost professional. He is one of the most decent human beings I have ever known. Well, guess known. what? I have and a recording somehow, and playback to you of him not being professional. Would you like to hear you, it? And somehow you think would you? that I you would be taking your side over That's breath. what your show is. You talk over people that don't agree with you. Because you talk nonsense. I mean, the, the idea You haven't heard that, anything yet. You've just you been blabbing. Shut up me, and listen for a you minute. You already told me who you are. You already told me. You showed me no, just because, now. No, because you know what? problem with you guys is you don't listen and you don't think. You assume everything <laughs> and you don't think about the and then what. Uh-huh. And then what? <laughs> so are you ready to be, are you ready for my questions or are you going to just be a little sick? If you want to fight with me about Brett, no. No, I don't want to fight with okay, you. Nobody ask, wants to fight with you. Listen to how ask, you're acting. Then ask your question. Well, I just I asked you why you, you called me an asshole on, 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 on Because I watched you argue with him. I can see through the other room. I can see. So anyway, moving on, is there anything else that, that you, I mean, realistically. Okay, you're an idiot. Okay, this whole thing has been idiotic because I saw, I can see through the glass what's going on in Brett's studio, number one. Number two, he never loses his temper unless you're absolutely the rudest person on the planet, and he did. Number three, I can see you keep calling back. I can see the phone ringing as soon as he tells you you're not welcome to spew your nonsense on this here show. And especially not after I was wishing somebody a happy birthday for you to come and ruin that uh, good vibe with your assholiness. Okay? And so if you thought that somehow I was going to take your side over Brett's, then you're talking nonsense. And yes, you're an asshole for thinking that. That will never happen. And I try to get dissenting opinions on constantly. You constantly, know we do. There's only two things. You can't be rude about it, okay? And you can't curse. That's all he ever asks. He says, get off your speakerphone, okay? Hold the phone so that it's a good connection. Don't curse, because a lot of you start your conversations with F you. And somehow, you don't want to be characterized. Well, I'm sorry, if your conversation begins like that, that's how you're going to be characterized. That's how you're going to come up on the screen. All I wanted was this topic, and it went exactly like it just went on air. Right. Right. And if he thinks that there's something he could say or do that's going to make me believe him over you, he's insane and an asshole. Randy's got my back. Damn right. I mean... Listen, if I didn't know you and I didn't work with I hadn't worked with you for all these years and I don't know the quality of your character, I don't know your integrity, I don't know your honesty, maybe, you know, a, a stranger, it would be like, hmm, I wonder if so and so was rude. But I know those things about you. I know who you are. I know your integrity. I know your character. I know your desire to get, con you know, uh, uh, contrary callers on the air. I love it. It's like my favorite thing. But not to argue nonsense. That's a waste of everybody's time. Thank you for the kind words. And you like my soup. <laughs>
the best fresh onion soup I've ever had. It period. was amazing. I was very happy with it, so I had to share it with you, Brett, because you are outside of Howard, my and Jessica, my favorite person in the world. You're my, you're my third person. <laughs> It's the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. Charlene in Washington, hello. Hi, sweetie. Happy birthday early. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And uh, It's Marcy's birthday. (laughs) And from the land of heart, you know, one heart fan to another. Oh. Uh, I am dumbfounded by the people who follow Trump without a brain of thought. I mean, <laughs> if you have to, if your ideas have to hurt and kill somebody, maybe you need to check your ideas and where you're coming from. You know, you think? I, I, I can't. I think. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe this is his entire thing. Is that if you elect him president, uh, he will have complete immunity to hurt whoever he wants. Uh, and he'll be your retribution, and you, uh, as a police officer or as a military guy, you'll be able to kill your neighbors. I mean, this is kind of his pitch. Yeah, and and if anybody doesn't know history, her, uh, everybody who followed Hitler, he turned on him when they started to lose. And uh, you don't think he turns on you? You better think again. And um, I want to let you I, know I've been a long time listener, first time caller. FTCF uh, free speech donor. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you very much. You're a beautiful lady, and thank you for what you do. I love you. Did you say you were a heart fan? Is that it? Yeah. You want to hear something even more special? Yeah. <laughs> Roger Fisher, who started Heart when he left, was giving guitar lessons. I was a student of his for four no years. No way. Yeah, way. Can you play yeah. the beginning of Barracuda? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. If Randy, is there any way I can get you a post office a PO box or something where I can send you some original photos I shot? Oh <laughs> hell yeah! Uh, what is it? Six eight six six, Brett. Our PO box. Uh, look it up right this second. Hold on, Charlene. Brett will pick up and uh, tell you what the PO box is. I think it's six eight six six Delray Beach, Florida, but I'm not sure. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who's your favorite? Uh, which one of the sisters is your favorite? Oh, uh, that's come on. There's no fa- both of them. Yeah, there's no favorite. <laughs> They're both amazing. I know Anna's out there touring right now, and I, I was debating. Seventy-three years old. And I know. Are still good. Unbelievably good. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, I will oh tell you what my favorite heart performance ever is. That's Which the one? okay. So it was at the uh, Kennedy Center Honors. Oh, that's that one. That's it. Their way to heaven. With that's the it. Behind her. Oh my God. Oh, I got goosebumps just thinking about that. I could listen to that all day, every single day, nonstop, all day. You- I happened to go to Paris one time, and I was at the Hard Rock Cafe in Paris. Hart was playing Barracuda acoustically. Oh, God. And Ann Wilson has it. She goes, you didn't think we could do it, could you? <laughs> I, I love those girls. I love both of them equally, uh, honestly. I, I, my life, I've never seen uh, you know anything quite like them. I probably never will. Uh, they are one of a kind, and yeah. uh, you know I adore that band. I love everything they- about them. Yep, they are the what the Beatles were to them, they were to me. Well, yeah, so what Led Zeppelin guitar. what Led Zeppelin was to, you know, the, the, the a few years uh, before me is what they are to me. Yep. That's how yep. I feel about it. Yeah. So rock on, girl. Thank and you, Charlene. Thank you. 
can I get the post office box or your mailing box, box off your website? P.O. Box 6866, Delray Beach, Florida, 33482. 6866, yeah. Delray uh, Beach, Florida. Uh, what is the zip? 33482. 33482. Okay, I'll send you a couple of images of uh, parts that I have shot for the area. I will be checking that P.O. Box. And I- by the way, Ann Wilson has moved down to the Florida Keys. She did? Yes, I just read an article. She lives in the Florida Keys. <gasps> He's in your neighborhood. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, thank you for sharing those great uh, those great memories with me. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thank you. Happy, happy early birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I am a child of, uh, you know, those bands. I love Heart. I, I've always loved Heart. I've, I, 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 there's no day, there's no time when I wouldn't listen to Heart. There's just no. And the, but the same thing is true of Kansas. I, I freaking love Kansas, and that's why I chose Kansas for my birthday uh, concert, because they're going to be here, number one. But number two, I freaking love them. I love them. And, you know, whenever uh, somebody says a, a, an unkind or cross word about Kansas, I tell them it's Jesus Rock so that they will never, ever, ever be able to listen to it ever the same again. <laughs> I want to ruin it for them because you don't trash uh, Kansas to me. It's like trashing hard. It's just it's not it's not possible. Uh, Marcus in Washington. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Barely. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, great, great. Um, I just want to ask you, how do you feel about the border at the moment? The border needs uh, needs work. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad, isn't it? But the Senate, it's not bad. It's always been bad. It's not any badder than it ever was. I mean, you know, Donald Trump uh, benefited from COVID. But other than that, the border's always been a thing. It's never been great. And, uh, you know, it's been like this because Ronald Reagan gave amnesty to everybody. And everybody thinks if we just come and outstay, then, uh, you know, we will get amnesty, too. This is well, not things have gotten is, worse. In the things last, have not gotten worse. Things are, are getting better, actually. But the idea that we need, uh, you know, comprehensive uh, immigration reform and the Republicans will not do anything about it should not be lost on anybody. They love this issue. It is a great performer for them. People like you, people like you, people like you are going to say 8 million people were let in under Biden, which is no, false. I'm not saying any numbers, actually. Or, uh, I just think it's bipartisan, isn't it? What's bipartisan? The failure? The problem isn't, I don't, I don't the think. Failure the failure is bipartisan. The failure is bipartisan, but only, you, only well, because, you me to you. but only because, I think that the, I, hello, are you asking, yes, did you ask me, well, you asked me a question. You said, right, it's bipartisan, right, isn't it? And I'm trying to answer your question, but you just want to talk over the answer and keep on asking me questions. Carol. Okay, so the reason why there's a bipartisan failure to do comprehensive immigration reform is because every time there is a moment where both parties could agree or want to agree on immigration reform, the Republicans say no, because they say it's a great issue for us and we don't want to take it off the table. And that's where we are now, because the Senate has a bipartisan package that Cornyn from Texas and, uh, you know, uh, 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 I mean, you've got Democrats and Republicans both signing off on this, getting 60 votes. You could get 60 votes for this in the Senate well, right know, now. I, I think, but the House will not take it up. If I may say something here, I think that um, the problem, the actual issue, 
um, I have a cousin that works on the border, okay? Um, so been what? Working there for no- I'm talking may policy. I, may, may I, may, I'm talking policy, not, uh, you know, on, standing I'm there. Just, I'm just, may I finish what I'm saying, mate? <laughs> um, I have a cousin that works at the border. Been uh-huh. working there for three years. Uh-huh. And it has definitely gotten worse. No. Definitely. No. My cousin doesn't. Lo- Hang on, let me finish, okay, before you interrupt me, okay? Hey, listen, I, actually, I have no horse in this race. I, the border is I bad. Wanted, so yeah, just, I don't know what you think that you're arguing with me about. Well, I'm, hang on a minute. I'm not arguing. I just finished my sentence. Um, <laughs> no, I don't really <laughs> care about your cousin. I know. You don't want to hear about anyone that disagrees with anything you say. I'll no, I don't me. care Bye. if you disagree, but... I, <laughs> I'm telling you that I don't I, I don't disagree that the border needs work. So you just want to pick a fight based on some cousin that you have, English man, fake accent guy. Uh, and, and you want to tell me it's gotten worse. It hasn't gotten worse. COVID actually made it like a non-issue. And, and that's why everybody got used to it being a non-issue. And then Title 42, the court, the Supreme Court ruled Title 42 had to be lifted. Biden didn't do it. I wonder if you know that. I wonder. You gave but him- Biden didn't. Uh, Biden didn't ask for Title Forty Two to be lifted. The court said COVID is over, the emergency is over, and Title Forty Two doesn't apply at the border, and that's what ended uh, Title Forty Two. The court. The court did, not uh, DHS. You know, not Border Patrol, not ICE. The freaking court. And this is what that Chevron case is about: taking away the ability for the agencies to make the rules. Okay, that's what the Chevron case is about. The Supreme Court is about to take an unbelievable amount of power unto itself. I I bet you uh, you have never connected those uh, dots. However, the border needs work, and the Senate has a bipartisan bill, bipartisan, that could get 60 votes, which in America is required to get anything out of the Senate. But the House will never, ever pass it. Why? Because Donald Trump is calling Laura Ingram and Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, to tell him not to. The president actually uh, just got off the phone with me right before the show, <laughs> and he said he has spoken to you about this deal and that he is against it, and he urged you to be against this deal. He was extremely, President Trump was extremely adamant about that. I mean, this is why. You have, you have a puppet's hand literally reaching down to his marionettes, Laura Ingram and the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, telling him, don't take any deal on immigration. It works for me. It's my issue. It's what I like to campaign. And yet there's a deal that will never, ever, ever, ever get better than it is right now because right now it can get 60 votes in the Senate, bipartisan, and they're going to pass. Mary had a little man. We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Roach. Turn up your mind. A legal battle at the southern border over razor wire installed by Texas officials to stop migrants. The Supreme Court tonight giving the Biden administration a win in its effort to remove that wire fencing. 
Laura Jarrett is here. Laura, what's the practical impact of this? Lester, the upshot is that Border Patrol agents should be able to start cutting down or moving this razor wire that Texas officials had installed at the border, and they should be able to do it right away. Now, the Biden administration had gone to the high court over this, arguing the fencing's impractical and dangerous when migrants get stuck in there. The justices deciding to decide with the administration on this issue five to four. Texas five originally four. installed the fencing to prevent illegal border crossings, arguing the Biden administration simply hasn't done enough to stop the number of migrants coming over from Mexico. This case, of course, part of a much larger fight between Texas and this White House over border security. Lester, tonight, the state saying in a statement, this fight is not over. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of isn't, uh, obviously, right? And this is all propaganda. I mean, it's amazing. that So uh, Texas is saying that now immigration is their uh, purview, is their, you know, uh, it's a state issue. It's not a state issue. You know, it's so interesting about Republicans. Whenever Republicans uh, want to keep an issue, but they don't want to keep an issue, like uh, Roe v. Wade, what do they do? They take away a constitutionally protected right to privacy, and they go, this is better dealt with by the states, the people closest to the people. Okay, this is this is Nikki Haley's entire answer for anything, including uh, legalizing marijuana and uh, border security. And uh, oh, no, this is an issue for the states. Well, I got news for you. Uh, The border and the security of the border immigration policy is a federal thing. It's not a state's issue. It's not a state's rights issue, which is why the Supreme Court had to say to, to Texas, take down your freaking offensive, disgusting, you know, let's slice people in half razor wire. Okay, you have nothing to say about, uh, you know, what's going on down there. And in fact, Abbott, if your cousin, uh, you know, is still talking to you after that, uh, you know, really lame accent that you tried to pull off here. um, So if your cousin is telling you the truth, then your cousin will tell you that Border Patrol, Federal Border Patrol, has been banned and kept out of various uh, sectors in Texas in favor of the Texas cops going in there. And this is creating a big hole in the, uh, you know, security of the border as well. So there's a lot of games being played about the border. But you know what's really sick? The border is all about human beings. When you talk about the border and you talk about encounters and you talk about gotaways or whatever language they're putting into your freaking mouth now about human life, about mothers and children... It's so easy for you to forget you're talking about human beings. And they're not all, listen, I don't even, all I can tell you is that there is a deal in the Senate that could pass. And why do I say it could pass? Because it's got 60 votes in the United States Senate, which is nearly impossible. And it will never get this good again. It will never get this good again. If you think that Democrats are going to cross the aisle when Donald, if Donald Trump was, uh, you know, uh, in the White House, you're insane. Okay, you're crazy. They will never give him the power of parole. They will never give him the power of, uh, you know, uh, uh, adjudicating asylum claims. Never, because they don't trust him because he's a liar and he's a cheat and he's a he's a piece of crap. He's a con man and he's corrupt, and everybody knows it who wants to know it, who needs to know it, but. The idea that, you know, you have a, a president who's willing to sign comprehensive immigration reform, limiting his own power. Yeah, that it will never get this good again. It just won't. And so there is a deal to be had. And if anybody calls me up and they bitch and moan about Biden and border, 
That is what you're going to have to confront and deal with. The fact that there is a deal. Listen, everybody in this country who thinks that the border uh, needs, uh, you know, more money or thinks that the border needs more attention or thinks that the border gets overwhelmed and there's not enough places to uh, keep people or that children, uh, you know, are somehow, you know, involved in, in, in this chaos there. And we would like to make it less chaotic there. They know that there's a deal to be had. And they know Republicans won't sign it because they rather torture people. They'd rather be able to point and laugh than they would solve a problem. And that's what you're going to have to confront with me because I don't, I, I don't, you know, disagree that there's, you know, something that needs attention at the border. I don't. And you may want me to, but I, I just don't. So you're arguing with somebody who isn't going to argue with you about that. What's left to do is policy. And the policy is good. The Senate border deal is really a good deal. Um, it, it does everything that you would want it to do if you were a Republican. Like uh, it limits the president's power to grant parole. Uh-huh. It also raises the, uh, the, the, the claims for uh, claiming asylum. These are the two issues that have to be legislated. These are the two things that a president can't do on his own, okay? Now, Donald Trump benefited from COVID. There's no question about it. And he, through Title 42, was able to close the southern border. But when you looked on your store shelves, you saw all the shortages. Yeah, that's, that's also a result of closing trade. That's also a result of closing the border. So it was a double-edged sword, see? But now he's pointing to his success at the border, which was really a, a, a pandemic. And he's pointing to a pandemic and saying that was successful for him. What? A million Americans died and he's good with it because he can now say, see, I had the border under control. No, the pandemic and the closing of the border and trade. But there was a very steep price to pay for that. And that is not a policy, okay? That, that's just not a policy that anybody wants. So listen, I, I'm telling you right now, uh, the, the idea that uh, we're gonna limit the number of uh, people that uh, can get, you know what parole is? Okay, so the Republicans call it catch and release, right? That's parole. What does it mean? It means that we can catch somebody, they can make a claim uh, saying that they wanna claim asylum, that their lives are in danger if they go back to their home country, whether it's Afghanistan, Ukraine, yeah. The president can then say, all right, these people have legitimate claims of asylum, and so we're going to adjudicate those claims, but at a later date. Why? Because we don't have enough judges to hear claims of asylum. So this, this has money in it. We don't know how much. See, this is the, this is the, the little uh, mystery. How much money will the Republicans agree to spend on judges? How much money will the Republicans agree to spend on technology? How much money will the Republicans agree to spend at the border? Okay, that's the only question mark in this uh, in this particular bipartisan piece of legislation. And of course, Donald Trump is on the phone talking to Laura Ingram. Donald Trump is on the phone talking to Mike Johnson, the three month, three months this guy's been Speaker of the House and he's never held a leadership position in his life. And Donald Trump is calling him up, telling him what to do. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> telling him, don't take the deal. Don't take the deal. Let national security, if that's what you think the border it represents, let national security suffer. Now, you know, for me, uh, the, it's, it, people are going to say, oh, what about the fentanyl? Fentanyl, just so you know, 
comes through legal ports of entry, legal. Nobody's going to trust a a migrant who may or may not get into the United States through an illegal border crossing. Nobody's going to trust them with their drugs. Okay, that would just be, uh, you know, ridiculously stupid. And only Trumpers are that stupid. Drug cartels are not. (laughs) So only, only Trump supporters believe that drug cartels are that stupid that they would give their drugs, their cash crop, okay, to... People who may or may not get through instead of putting it on trucks and running it through legal ports of entry, which is how it gets in here. And again, on the fentanyl, I just want to, you know, just uh, throw out this one little idea, just one little tiny thought, just one little itty bitty thought. What about the demand side? Okay, there. Got any solutions for that? Any thoughts about that? Your brother, your cousin have any thoughts about that? Call him up and ask him. What about the demand side? See what he says. All things Randy at randyroads.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. I've been clear from the very beginning the system is broken. My first day in office, <laughs> I sent Congress a comprehensive plan on immigration reform. Yep. My friends on the other side have done nothing with that. Over and over, I've asked for resources to step up action at the border. My team has been at the table for weeks now on a partisan, with a bipartisan group of senators to negotiate a deal, including border, because I believe we need significant policy changes at the border, including changes in our asylum system to ensure that we have the authorities we need to control the border. And I'm ready to act. They have to choose whether they want to solve a problem or keep weaponizing the issue to score political points against the president. Right. I'm ready to solve the problem. I really am. Massive changes. And I mean it sincerely. Yeah, and I, and I know he does because uh, there's a lot of things that Joe Biden might be, but a liar is not one of them. It just isn't. And uh, the idea that there is a bipartisan bill that does actually raise the bar for what is asylum, uh, what is a legitimate claim for asylum, uh, limiting parole, meaning how many people uh, can be waiting in the country to have a uh, asylum hearing and just uh, being out in the country, work visas. And, uh, you know, here's the thing that Republicans do not want. Okay, this is what they don't want. Companies having to check to see whether or not the people they're hiring are here legally and uh, eligible under a work visa or eligible to work, period. They don't want that. If you look at red states where ag is a bigger, uh, you know, a bigger deal. That's where, that's where you find people that are working under the radar, under the radar. Now, one of the things that you would want to do is give them a work visa. Yeah, you would. But the Republicans don't want to do that. They don't want to do that because if you gave somebody a work visa, they would be on the radar. And if they were on the radar, they would have to be paid a living wage. See, it's Republicans who hate the idea of immigration reform. And the only reason why Donald Trump is declaring some sort of a facacta victory, I mean like a crazy ass backward victory, is because of COVID. So a million Americans had to die for what he called a hoax in order to give him the authority to close the border. And then uh, we had, there were no cars. You couldn't buy a freaking car in this country. Why? Because we share car building with Mexico. And when we closed the border, there were no harnesses for the electrical, uh, you know, uh, systems to be put into. We couldn't buy a freaking car in this country. 
but he thinks that's victory. He thinks that's that's uh, you know something he should point to and take credit for. It's sick. It's sad because there was no policy change. There was nothing that changed except for COVID, except for COVID. Uh, Josh and Madison. Faith in the gutter, Randy Road. How you doing? Oh no! Come on. I'm I'm not going to do the accent. I apologize. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> right. So. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, as you know, and uh, Tammy Baldwin has actually put forth uh, two different bills to deal with fentanyl. And um, if the Republicans were serious about it, and they're not, they would get on board. Um, one is called the Stop Fentanyl the Border Act, and the other one is Spend Off Fentanyl. Um, I think they're in the process of becoming laws right now or going through Congress right now. Um, but yeah, it's a big deal, but they don't care. No, they don't care. And, uh, you know, the idea that people can continue to die from, you know, overdoses and that they can point to the number of people who die from fentanyl overdoses makes them happy. It gives them something to talk about. I mean, if you if you actually had to run on their accomplishments, on the Republicans accomplishments since 2020. okay, what have Republicans done for you? Except lose elections. What have they done with their House majority? What have they done? They have nothing to run on because they don't care about you. This is all just a game to them. Now, Democrats actually work hard on policy, and sometimes the policy comes out garbled. Sometimes the policy comes out great, like the Science and Chips Act. That turned out really well. The infrastructure bill turned out really well. We have uh, an enormous amount of factories being built in this country for the first time since, like, uh, the, after the World War II, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, bump. We haven't built anything. We got road construct. We got all kinds of good stuff happening here. Rick in L.A. Randy, yes. I, I hear you're having a birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Hey, um, I want to know what what is going to what do you think is going to happen uh, with Trump if if for some reason he's not able to run like we get into around September and then he you know, his cognitive uh, <laughs> thing is uh, keeping him from running. Well, who's, he has a mental who, incident. What who, do you who, think is going to happen? So who's going to declare him mentally unfit? No one. So you think, uh, you think, well, I mean, if he can't stand I mean, the in guy, front of the microphone. The, 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 court, the court can't even weigh in on whether a guy who gave aid and comfort to insurrectionists, let alone, you know, incited it. That's, you know. But in, in, in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, it says not only did you have to, you know, uh, engage in insurrection, but gave aid and comfort to those who did. And we know he did that, okay? And he was derelict in his duty that day. We know the acting Secretary of Defense uh, refused to deploy armed, uh, you know, uh, National Guardsmen. And he's trying to rewrite history now by saying that, oh, God, Nikki Haley was in charge of security and she turned down the National Guard. I mean, there's so much garbage in that but anyway who's going to declare him mentally unfit if they won't declare him an insurrectionist and keep him off the ballot no one he's going to be on the ballot yeah but what if he can't stand in front of a microphone so what they'll still vote for him they don't care (laughs) they don't care he could be dead and they would vote for him okay all right then the only thing that well the only the only thing that could happen that would mi- listen. I don't think he could win a general election right now, anyway. Just you know, put me on the record as saying that. I could be wrong. I don't care if I'm wrong. I really don't. 
Uh, but that's just where I'm falling on this. But if he is convicted of a felony before the election, then he loses another chunk, let's say, of the Republican uh, electorate, and he can't win. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, you know, the guy has a medical incident, like a stroke or something like that. He can't stand in front of the microphone, and then what? And then what? Well, I mean, you know, that's a constitutional question, right? Because Congress uh, actually chooses the manner in which we select the electors. So it, it brings up a whole new can of worms that Congress would have to deal with. Do they delay the election? Uh, if if we're too close to the election and he's still alive and uh, all of the ballots have been printed and the mail-ins have gone out and everything, then pretty much people will either vote for Trump or Biden. Even if Trump can't stand, even if Trump is, you know, hospitalized, even if Trump. But if he's breathing, that's the way it goes. Oh, wow. We have a president running. We have a, a contender running from a hospital. You ever there. see the movie Dave? <laughs> you ever see the movie yeah. Dave with All Kevin right, Klein? Then. Yeah. And Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. yeah it's that. <laughs> it's that. Listen, I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, what would Congress do in a case like that? I don't know. Could they do something different than what we're used to? Yeah. Yeah, they could. Would they? I don't know. Let's just hope that um, he doesn't uh, stroke out. <laughs> Call in Connect. To speak to Randy. Call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. Okay, so Rick wants to know what happens if Trump has a stroke and um, he's still running for president. Who, who's to say he hasn't? You want, you want to see something really freaky? First of all, I don't know if you realize that this still goes on, but he stands on the stage, you know, and, and they play that QAnon theme song it has a theme song now a conspiracy theory in america has its own theme song yeah and donald trump started this campaign in waco texas with this theme song i i I can't there are no words so who's to say he hasn't stroked out okay look at this just watch this oh my god We will. Aiding and comforting, uh, you know, insurrectionists. Free the J6ers. We will to QAnon music. I mean, and you're saying that he's he's got to be adjudicated mentally ill. I mean, we would sell him a gun. You know that, right? This is America. And then when bad stuff happens, they'll go, why didn't they know he was mentally ill? So if Donald Trump is alive on November 3rd or whatever election day is this year, uh, if he's alive... You can vote for him. If he's dead, there's a whole can of worms too. Why? Because every state has its own rule. Every state runs its own election. You know that, every single state. And this is what everybody always forgets when we talk about elections. I might have forgotten when I was talking to you. 
Uh, but every state, all 50 states, have the way that they run their own damn election. Look at Nevada. I mean, the, the primary is such a freaking mess. They're going to have a primary over here with ballots. And I've seen the ballot for the primary, and Donald Trump isn't on it. And then you have a caucus where the delegates will be given out, but a lot of people in Nevada think that they're going to be voting by ballot. It's very strange. But this this is how America chooses, uh, you know, a nominee for the party, and then the election is also, uh, you know, uh, presided over by each and every state. And every state's legislature has a way that they award their electors. Uh, we're lucky now because at least every state now says, okay, we're going to have an election. But what if that ends too and every state says, well, we don't want to have an election. It's too expensive. Or whatever reason they're going to come up with, whatever they're going to say to you, whatever they're going to tell you. Oh, well, we all know uh, it's, it's Wyoming. We're all Republicans here. We don't need to have an election. We don't need to vote. Everybody knows the Republicans going to win the nomination and the Republicans going to win the, what, three electoral votes we have? Two, one, how many does Wyoming have? Like one? <laughs> has one House member, so I'm guessing it has one. Right? And so we don't need no stinking elections. I mean, that could happen too. But if Donald Trump is alive on election day, he, you can vote for him. That's just, and even if he's stroked out. Unless each and every state decides, oh, well, he's really obviously gone. Every American, even MAGA, would say that's true, although they won't. They won't. And this is the important part, okay? Because he actually plays the QAnon crap and because they think he's really the president now, you know that, right? They really do. They think that Donald Trump is really the president, although he gets no blame for the border now that he is president. And that Joe Biden is really running the presidency, the fake presidency from a soundstage. You know that right? And that Biden isn't really president at all, although he gets the blame for everything that goes wrong because they can't, uh, they can't, uh, I don't know, why would I talk to them in the first place? Okay, it makes no sense. But how could you possibly convince them then that Donald Trump is mentally incapacitated to the point where he can't be considered for the presidency? You wouldn't be able to do that. You wouldn't. And God help the state that actually says, oh, no, we know he's mentally incompetent. And so we're going to rewrite the rules for this election because one of the candidates who is on the ballot currently is incapacitated and unable to serve. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, Dean in L.A. Randy, yeah. happy birthday. No, Sunday. <laughs> it's Marcy's birthday. Uh, well Ah, oh, okay. Right. I, I don't know who Marcy is either, but happy birthday, Marcy. Happy Super Tuesday. Um, but uh, nevertheless, hey, I, I had another take on this, and I would say, uh, while Trump may be moving along fine uh, and gathering some, uh, you know, a few of the primaries, if he ends up, you know, slightly in trouble, like say he is found guilty in, a, in some case before him. I, I wonder if uh, the RNC might be like, oh, crap, we got to get this guy out of, uh, out of the way. <laughs> that what Trump would do, 
I'll go out on a limb and say he's going to turn around and go third party because he never gives up. So this is really a reach. I mean, a reach around the likes of which I have never seen. I don't know why. Well, you, I have the common decency for that. Why are you doing that? <laughs> why Why are you imagining that, that he's going? Of course, he's going to be the Nothing Repu- could probably he's screw going up to be, the Republican Party more. And Trump would love to do that and blame it on the Democrats. They caused this. And I don't know screw what, over Republicans for not supporting him. God help me. I cannot figure out how, how you're getting to where you are. I can't. To that? Yeah. Well, they're going to end up with, uh, you know, they go to the primary, and we have a, oh, they're going to meet in a, in a dark, smoky room and go, we've got a guy who has just lost it. How can we get past this? It'll be a, uh, what do you call it, a uh, brokered convention. And they're going to go, oh, we got to do something about this. And Trump would turn around and probably run third party and say, you know what, to heck with it, I'm going to run on my own. And there would be nothing better than that, I think, than to cause that kind of a complete collapse of the uh, GOP. I, I, I don't even know how you get there. He's going to be the GOP. He's going to be the nominee because he's collecting delegates. And when you get to 1,215 delegates, you are the nominee. And he will do that. So when, right. when does any of this come into play? Uh, well, it, I mean, as long as we have a... a a court that will actually start a court. proceeding. <laughs> well, one of the, one of the, you know, Chuck Can or uh, Kaplan you or mean, you know, come on, one of mean, these guys. You mean he's going to be the Republican nominee, and because everyone knows that he's going to lose in the general election, somehow they the Republicans are going to do something to make him not the nominee. Is this what you're saying? That's what I believe, yes. Okay, so why are we talking nonsense all day today? I mean, I just don't. I think uh, the the Monty and then the fake Monty with the accent um, (laughs) set the tone rather uh, 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 low. (laughs) Donald Trump is going to win today in New Hampshire. Okay, you understand that. Then Donald Trump is also going to win in Nevada. Why? Because the caucus in Nevada, which nobody's going to, okay, they will not caucus. Five people will go. That's where the delegates will get awarded for Nevada. And Donald Trump will put together 1,215 delegates, and he will be the Republican nominee, and then he'll lose the general. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. All right, uh, if you want to tip me on my birthday, uh, please visit us at randyrhodes.com. Thank you. Uh, well, did you get me anything? No. So do that. Okay. You want to know why he's going to lose? First of all, the first inkling, the first clue, Colombo, that you should have received and banked in your brainiac, okay, is that there were 3 point something, 3.2 million people, let's say, in, in Iowa, okay? And of those 3 million people, there are 750,000 registered Republicans. Only 110,000 total voted. Which means that 650,000 registered Republicans who supposedly have MAGA fever decided not to vote at all. At all. They didn't want to rush out and vote for Donald Trump. They didn't. They, they felt no mandate to do it. They felt no need to do it. They felt no desire to do it. They felt no pull to him anymore. They understand. They tried it. 
it failed. They understand. They tried him, and he literally put tariffs on them and screwed up their markets. Let's not forget that, okay? You had farmers that were, like, so dissed, so ruined by Donald Trump's picking a fight with, uh, you know, I was going to say Disney, but no, that was the wannabe. Picks a fight with the happiest place on earth, okay? Donald Trump picks a fight with China, puts tariffs and screws up markets that these farmers have have created in their, you know, decades of doing business in this world for their products, for their soybeans, okay? And it's just, oh, we'll give you welfare instead. Listen, these people did not rush out and vote for Donald Trump. So 110,000 voted in the Iowa caucuses, 110,000 out of 750,000 registered Republicans, okay? And of those, about half voted for him. 56,000 votes this man got. Do you know how putrid that is? I think he got in 2016, 186,000. 56,000 votes. This should tell you something. This should tell you that Republicans are not looking to him for policy solutions to any problems they have. They think he's corrupt. They think he's a criminal. They think that he's, uh, you know, not trustworthy. They don't believe that he's going to keep his word because he didn't last time. Every week was infrastructure week with him. The border was not secure with him either until COVID when we got the ability to shut the border down. And then because we had to shut the border down because of a freaking global pandemic and a million dead Americans were the result of him saying that that was a hoax while he shut the border down for COVID. Okay. We couldn't buy a car for two years. This is not a good plan. And people are smarter than that. Okay. But what, whenever we talk about MAGA, we're talking about 30%. Now, I will tell you in Germany, where everybody's out protesting this far-right, uh, you know, uh, IFD uh, party, everyone is realizing that what turned out, you know, what started as a joke or an alternative place to put your vote when you weren't happy, whatever, has grown into an uber right-wing, hard-right, neo-Nazi, uh, white supremacist party. And they understand that it's only 30% of their population. And I've always said this to you. There will always be 30% in a democracy. There will always be 30% who are longing for fascism or who are longing for Nazism or who are longing for segregation or, or who are just racist that, that think that if, if, if somebody gets something, that means they lost something. And it doesn't work that way. You know, when, 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 uh, the way to, to, to raise all ships is more water for everybody, right? It's a rising tide raises all ships. Okay, so anyway, there's always going to be that 30%. There always is. They have it in Germany now, but they're out on the streets screaming and yelling, this does not represent us. This is not who we are. This is not what we want. This turned out to be an alternative party that has grown into something dangerous and, and, and wicked, and we reject it. That's all that has to happen here, but it hasn't yet, but it will on election day, and then it will just go away. It will just go away. There will, we will always have the 30%. We always will. Just deal with that. Who 
think they have, you know, a, a, a better way. And that better way is, uh, you know, Christian, white Christian nationalism. Or we have a better way, and that better way is segregation. Or we have a better way, and that better way is deportation, mass deportation. We have a better way, and it's camps. You know, they'll always be around. They're sad people. Sad. Sad hearts, sad souls, sad sacks. Rod in Washington. Hello. Hey. I was I was wanting to. Uh, I watch a lot of this stuff with you guys. I, I really like your show, and the other people on Free Speech TV. But you know, uh, we don't need to. Now I, I don't mean this critically. I mean it as as you guys are my friends. We don't need to be led around by those guys and their antics with their propaganda. That's the point of their propaganda, is to create us to sit around. Like, you're you're absolutely correct about this border, but we we, we all know this. Now, we, 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 now, what we should focus on is that Steve Bannon and Donald Trump, when they came in in 2016, they were running with the book that's one of the oldest books written. The art of war. The propaganda is the art of war. They are, now, lots of old school Republicans are trying to just be like they were back with with Clinton, and you know, and we were all just getting along bipartisan, yahoo. But they're not doing that. Uh, some of them are stayed back with MSNBC guys, and now. Donald Trump, Roger Stone, uh, General Flynn, these offbeat characters are pulling off a wannabe dictatorship. But he's going to lose, Rod. Don't worry about it. He's going to. But, but see, we need to just stay focused. That's what they're doing. I am focused. I'm focused like a laser. I'm the only person that is telling you that he's going to be the Republican nominee and he's going to lose in the general election. You know why? Number one, women. Women will not vote for him. Number two, when you look at Iowa, the example I just gave you, where only 56,000 votes were enjoyed by this man, uh, there's no mandate for him, okay? It's, it, that is the most right-wing, whitest most evangelical voting base you could possibly can I, can I create. Speak? And he lost. He, he lost. Can I speak to that? Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. And you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. What? I agree with you right there, too, as well. Yeah. So now I wanted to talk about Trump supporters. Well, there's nothing you could do about them. This is what I'm telling you. There will always be 30% of this country that are easily misled. There will always be Father you know, Coughlin on the radio, okay? There's always going to be a Rush Limbaugh. There's always going to be a, a voice of, of hatred. There's always going to be you know, evangelical preachers telling you that marijuana is the demon seed. Okay, it's as old as the hills. That's right. So, there you go. So what's your That's point? Your, so what's your point? Right there, what you just said, as old as the hills. It is. It's as old as the hills, and it will never disappear from our uh, discourse. It's just the way that, uh, you know, a free speech society it is. But I, 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 you're, you're sort of kind of blaming me for banning. Nope. Yeah, you, nope. you were saying, nope. I don't know, you know, Trump and Bannon, uh, you know, why does everybody, and, and the MAGA crap. I'm not you, blaming you, Duncan. 
Well, I, I, I well, love you. Well, what, what, what is the point then that it exists? It always will. The, here's the point. Okay. When they're do, when someone's uh, squirting you with a squirt gun, you know that's the their point. Okay, hold it. This is getting ridiculous. Hold on. I'm just, just. I, I agree with you, but we all need to keep talking about. Look at this silly propaganda start a civil war and who's who's really doing it i need those characters everybody knows that uh but the point is now we need to focus on that idea that's still really what's going on in the big picture happy birthday marcy you've got girls that actually love you so much i mean it's it's good happy birthday she works at Westside chiropractic in berkeley <laughs> And I don't know her, but your girlfriends know me, and apparently you're a fan, and uh, so thank you for that. Uh, And they made sure that I wished you a happy birthday today, today. In fact, Karen is the ringleader, just so you know. (laughs) Okay, so uh, what, what did we learn today? If Trump strokes out, but he's still alive, he will be on the ballot, and you could vote for him. 